Hello, welcome back. Hello. And today we have John. Hello, it's me. It's, it's me, it's <laughs> yeah, John. The one and only. And this is John that Daniel talked about yes. in, in the very first podcast. So three John's times I counted. Did you three <laughs> times? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I said we need we need to get you to, you know. Yeah. Come and respond to Yeah, well I felt honored that I was asked. Um <laughs> to do it he sent me everything i listened to it previously i thought everything was fine yeah and i was excited to come so and my yeah. accusation of what is going on when you're drinking two bottles of red wine and watching nemo <laughs> <laughs> see well you know now because you know that i'm an introvert so exactly that's, that's my little energy regaining moment yeah i love it i love drinking two bottles of red wine and watching funny <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah well i'd probably be watching what would I watch? I don't know. I tend to watch something like um, a George Michael special or something yeah. <laughs> like that. Mm. But obviously, but I don't think I've been drinking enough at all lately. So maybe I should start drinking some wine. <laughs> oh well, why not? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So John has three great subjects today. We're not going to tell you what the subjects are up front because I like to hassle you, millennials. You want to know everything up front. Yeah. And I'm not telling you. So no, you'll, we'll not. work it out later. Yeah, <laughs> but the first one we're going to talk about is, let's, let's just start with a massive subject and talk about religion. Mm. <laughs> we love a religious moment. <laughs> um, you, you tell us about your life and tell us. And by the way, John's 23. Yes, that's me, 23. Pisces. Um, Pisces. Single, if anyone wants to know. <laughs> um, I... Grew up very religious as a child, so my father was a self-appointed minister, which I think is quite funny. He always had a, quite a power complex that he needed to admit to the world that he was the leader of the family. Well, I think we've got a few people like that running countries nowadays. Yes, pretty much. Yes. Um, <laughs> and we, I was homeschooled for seven years. I um, did not... Tell me a little bit about homeschooling, because I think most of us think that only happens to Americans. <laughs> Um, well, my mum, I think she just liked having control over the, the family and I like, she, she liked to control what was going into our heads and, and naturally if it wasn't directly related to the Bible, it wasn't for me. So, um, I was probably the homeschool the longest. The other kids obviously heckled her to go to school later on, but I definitely was homeschooled the longest out of everyone. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so she got all these books off the internet, all these American websites where they were pretty much like, if you could relate um, A equals MC squared or whatever the hell not, mathematically you could relate it back to God in yeah. some way or sense. And um, that's it. So, I mean, like we did learn quite a bit, but I, mm. it was that when I did finally go to school, it was quite evident that I was slightly behind in, in math definitely just because yeah you really just can't relate mathematics to god but they managed well to... yeah and i imagine you know she, she her strengths wouldn't have been across every subject yeah so there would have been gaps yeah absolutely and also i just did not have the social skills that were needed when i did finally go to school and i just wasn't learning it the only the only people that i had to kind of go off were my family Tell me a little bit more about what you thought of your dad when you were saying it before about he was self-appointed. Like how, growing up young, um, what did you think of, of, of him and of, of the religion? 
I just thought it was a bit bogus, to be honest. Did you? I thought I, I just I was like, well, why are you the one telling us about <laughs> all this stuff? Like, I think wow. uh, for me, even now, I'm still quite spiritual, but I just think it should be a personal journey. I, I, and now I feel like it's church. I hate church. I, mm-hmm. I don't know why I don't like it. I just don't like someone telling me how to live or yeah. telling or interpreting something for me because I just feel like I'm such a control freak in my own life, in my own life. Yeah. That I like to be able to kind of get draw whatever I can from whatever someone says. And I read the Bible and I still do that and I still have a very special relationship with God and I feel like we have a very mutual understanding. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to have someone tell me to understand it differently when I can yeah. understand it in my own way. And things get drawn out every now and then about what I want and what I need. And then God will send me messages in whatever way, not necessarily directly through a book, but mm. in my life, send me people that I need. He will never give me more than I can handle at one time. And he'll always give me a solution at the end of it. Okay. So I'm still very spiritual and religious in that way. Mm-hmm. And it's taken me a very long time to kind of get to the point of an understanding because obviously, naturally, as a gay man in Sydney, I've kind of fought against it for such a long time just because I didn't understand it. But now I... Fought against religion. Yeah, yeah, in a way. Yeah. Until I decided that it would be my own personal journey and I wasn't going to let someone tell me what I was doing wrong or right. Absolutely. And I suppose finding where you belong in that yeah. sense then... Mm, and and it's interesting because a lot a lot of people sometimes who are brought up with religion go completely against it. Yeah. So for you, you you keep. I, I agree. It's a personal journey. I mean, everyone's got their own views on religion. Yeah. But it's definitely you know it's something that you have to. Everybody, everybody is who they are and can believe what they want to believe is my view yeah. I, I don't care I don't care what religion anybody is I really don't I care how they treat people yeah and, and I think that's what's more important yeah why um and how how does religion sit in the gay community that's a big question it's just a, a soft spot I definitely and I just re- prefer not to bring it up unless I'm one-on-one with someone just because I feel like there's so yeah. much loud noise in groups as well um, like you're not going to talk about religion at the Beresford on a Sunday afternoon. Just no. because there's <laughs> going to be so many opinions yelled at you from different angles. And no, you can't just have a simple conversation about it because there's no simple answer and no one really knows anything about it. Yeah. Or no one knows 100% about it. Because, I mean, I'm discovering things about it every day and about myself. The more I discover about myself, the more I discover about religion, the more I discover about oh. the world. It's like an ongoing process and it's piece by piece. So if you... Ask someone to understand something you understand and they're mm. six pieces behind you, then it's not really, there's no point because they're not going to understand or they're going to have a different opinion or approach about it. Yeah, a different view. And, and I think I think that's the same in any community, straight, gay, yeah. you know, whatever. I think, I mean, it might, obviously it has a lot of different implications in the gay community, yeah. but it's definitely a touchy conversation for a lot of people, Yeah. especially now. Yeah. But, but for you, you've you've come to terms with it. Yeah, of course, definitely. And I've yeah. stopped trying to please people or become... I was I went through a stage where I was the bitchy gay. The bitchy gay that 
was so bitchy to the point where I didn't have any gay friends just because I thought everyone either wanted to um, have sex with me, number yeah. one, and yeah. number two hated me because I didn't like them. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, it's, it's only just now that I'm making friends like Daniel because, yeah. but it's, it's weird because me and Daniel, I think are very different people. Yeah. But Daniel's, Daniel's a bit like me, a little bit of a savior of souls, I think. Oh, of course. <laughs> a collector of souls, like <laughs> that kind of thing. He definitely, uh, whenever I hang out with him and his friends, like they're all lovely, but yeah. they're just like, he, his friends are completely different and they're much the same for me. Like. Yeah, I I just don't introduce my best friends to my other best friends because I have groups of friends that I hang out with, all exclusive to each other. Some of them mix really well together, some of them clash. My my um flatmate slash my best friend, met my like really good work friend, mm. and they just they do not get along very well. They just clash, and it's just like funny and interesting. Like they have different opinions about yeah. things, and they they're just not even at a point where they want to like meet in a common middle ground there's spot heads well actually i'm going to take change the subject more keep this subject yeah. going a little bit more actually because yeah. friendship is something that's really interesting to me because there's there's a lot of research that uh, millennials have less friends and i know you're technically gen z but yeah. you know for this podcast i'm saying anyone that's 20 to 30 yeah. is sort of a millennial um but I think, yeah, there's a lot of research saying that you have less friends, um, more online friends, of course, but less real friends and the, the levels of friendship aren't as deep. Yeah. Um, and it's quite funny that if... Because people... Um, of, of course, in a friendship group, you're going to have people that don't get on or, you know, mm. sort of on, on opposite ends and... In a way, that's what's good. Like, it's good to have people around you that are different. Yeah. But how... Let's talk about where we think friendships... How how we can maintain them and how we can make sure that they become deep. Because they're really important. Yeah. Friendships are the, the things that are going to keep you alive, <laughs> you know, in, in every sense of that word. Yeah. What are your thoughts on friendship? Um, and now as a millennial, with so many things coming at you. I want well, friends are the most important things to me. And that's mm. probably why, because I haven't really been in a long-term relationship ever in my whole life. I've had little blippy ones, three months, four months. Yeah. I think the maximum has been like seven months. And then I got bored. And then... You're only 23 though. Yeah, so exactly. that's seven months Which I, I've good. accepted about myself that I have a very short attention span when it comes to romantic <laughs> relationships. So I would rather invest that and I in my friend groups and my life and building my life up and myself and making myself a better person and working mm-hmm. on me. Yeah. And I just know that I don't need to kind of fight to find someone. I mean, I go out of my way sometimes, go on dates, but it's never with the intention that I'm going to meet the love of my life. It's no. just like I'll go in and I'll be like, well... Like, worst comes to worst, they're a really good friend. Or I'll get to meet someone new and learn something new. So that's kind of what I've done. Absolutely. And um, so... And I, and I think it'll happen when it's meant to happen. Yeah, of course. You have to be ready and the right person has to walk in the door and all the rest of it. And, you know, you can definitely go out there and continue to look. And like you said, meet new people. But you don't have to. It's not, you know, it's not... It, do, it doesn't mean... That you're any different you know what i mean sometimes yeah. society has this 
this view that, oh, if you're not in a relationship, you need to get in a relationship. Oh, if you're not married, you need to get married. Oh, if you don't have kids, you need to have kids. Or yeah. if you haven't been to Italy, you need to be, you know, <laughs> whatever, right? So there's there's all these norms about what they think society is. But it's that's when you look around, that's actually crap anyhow. None of that works. But society still sort of sends us in that direction. Yeah. So it's good that you you know that that's just the friend mm. you know we'll see what happens but the friendship is the yeah. the main thing and meeting interesting people. I think because I was in high school and I didn't really have that much in common with anyone that I was there with, and I always kind of was what people wanted me to be to be their friend. If I and then I went to a stage in high school where I was like the bitchy, sassy, like, fierce gay that everyone, like, would scream yes queen to and all that kind of stuff and parade around with my microphone yelling and belittling people for at least a good two terms there. <laughs> and then I was the funny, I was the funny, sassy gay or whatever. Yeah. And then I reached a point where I realised, hey, I don't want to... This isn't really who I am. Like, I love, I love making jokes, but these people are laughing with me. They're laughing at me because I'm an interesting person at the time but that will fade out well you became a character yeah for them and you yeah i yeah. think i think a, a lot of people can do that well do a lot of people do that and not, not all of them do it well so you know yeah well you, you, know. <laughs> you gotta look. i'm a pisces i'm very fluent i can do whatever anyone needs me to be. um and yes so i decided that i wasn't going to be that person anymore and lo and behold they dropped off like flies and um, then I didn't have any friends, which was great because I just focused on the HSC the entire time. And then I got my guitar and I left yeah. and then I moved. Now I'm down to Sydney and I, I'm at a point where I can curate a friend group and I yeah. can pick and I know that the people that I choose love me for the real me rather than the person that yeah. they want me to be. Then who they want you to be. I think sometimes in life we, we all go through that trying to work out who we really are. That's our journey. Mm. That's our journey that we go on. Yeah. Let's go talk about how you grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, you you moved around quite a lot. Yeah. Um, tell, tell me about how you grew up. Um, my, well, you know all about the religious stuff and that. <laughs> and uh, my parents decided to split up when I was eight or nine, I think, mm-hmm. going off my memory, which I'm sure isn't that great at the moment. And I, we moved down to Melbourne with yeah. my mum, which was the first time I'd ever been out of this little tiny community my parents had built up in this big old house on the central coast. Mm-hmm. And um, I started seeing more of everything. It was just like, the, my world was so small and then I moved to Melbourne mm. and it was just like, there's three times the amount of cars, there's thousands of people, like Mm. you can go out, you can catch a tram and you're in the city or you can put a different part and coming from like Mm. a completely remote place to that in like the space of two weeks was just quite terrifying for me. So obviously I sunk into my little zone in my house and I barely left my house. Not once, I don't think. Or if I'd go outside and my mum would, you know, be there with one bottle of Sav Blanc just straddling away her feelings while she was just like, don't go too far. Because we used to, when we were, like, growing up in the coastal town, she used to send us out and we would not come back for 12 hours. You could do whatever then. Yeah, yeah. because we'd just run around the town and... But all of a sudden you were in like, a big city. Yeah, and there wasn't, it felt like there were barriers then. There was more barriers than there were 
up in there um, on the central coast so moved down there what about your financial limitations well my mum didn't work mm-hmm. naturally um, because my dad was a painter originally so she moved down and she was she was on Centrelink and she had um, benefits for having three children yeah um, and yeah. then she clung on to the removalist that moved us down to Melbourne which love him he's great he's a nice man yeah um and then she so moved she up fell to in love well i mean yeah, yeah. fell in like <laughs> fell in security i would call it that but <laughs> she was definitely you like, know this is going live yeah, just yeah, 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 yeah that's fine <laughs> she understands i'd say this all in her face okay um, <laughs> and then yeah so they ended up going we moved up to sydney onto the western West Sydney, so mm. Liverpool area, and I went to school for the first time, mm-hmm. and I was the weird kid that had never been to school before and didn't know how to talk to people properly. I, it was I, the same thing happened when I went tried to go to preschool. Mm. I went for the first day, and there was a huge thunderstorm in preschool, and I just shut down. I, I shut down. I like because I was very talkative as a kid, and mm. this was the first time I'd ever been around a large group of people. Mm. My mum came and picked me up, and I didn't speak for three months. Oh, wow. Wow. So, yeah. I just like I just remember thinking that no one's ever going to come pick me up again. Like, this is it. Like, this is where uh, I'm going to stay forever. Right. So, like, that's still in my head. I still have vivid memories of that whole scenario. Because while, in a way, you probably had a, a more in-depth relationship with your parents because they were controlling your learning and everything. Yeah. Um, you, it sort of isolated you as well. Yeah. So, you know, and that makes it very hard adapting into school. Mm. So anyway, the same thing So happens. then you isolated yourself at school mm. as well. I guess your constant periods of isolating myself from everything, kind of like blacking out all the white noise, just as like a coping mechanism, I guess. And then I, when I went to primary school for the first time, the same thing happened. But I, I, I didn't speak for a week. Mm. But wow. it was less time than three months, that's for sure. And then I think people would celebrate if I didn't speak for a week. But yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you just can't shut. You can't shut wow. me down. That's the thing. Um, but that's for you. It's a big adjustment, a massive adjustment yeah. to, you know, like you know, they tell parents when they've got two-year-olds that they should socialize them, and you know, for yeah. you, you weren't really socialized for a long time. Yeah. Kind of felt like and I then was... they threw you into Liverpool. Oh. <laughs> Liverpool West Public School. Wow. Like a little sack. And then went to Liverpool Boys High School. Mm. And I was always quite resentful of my mother. And I've told her this. So I know it's going to yeah. <laughs> That she just did not kind of progressively give me the social norms to as get... everyone else. Yeah. She was just like, nah, she see didn't ya. prepare Go you. And good luck. And it was traumatic. Traumatic to the point where. I didn't want to go to school because I'd much rather stay at home and read um, books and not yeah. have to socialise with people. Well, you hadn't learnt how to, so that would have been extremely hard. Mm. And when did you think you learnt how to socialise? Because still learning. I think you're pretty good at it. Like, could I? You know, mm. I only met you recently. Do you think you, oh. like you were saying before, you're fluid. You you play the role. That's the thing. I I just don't think. I'm just mimicking what I've seen in wow. other social... Because I've had so many different friends over so many t- periods of time. I find it really I find it really easily to um, 
Mm. Just socialize with different kinds of people. Yeah. But I'm just going off what I've seen when people socialize to me. Mm. And I'll kind of be what people need me to be in a social setting. And I kind of have this larger than life. I, I communicate through my clothes. I communicate through that. My mannerisms, everything else. I'm that fabulous person. But at the end of the day... So you're the... creating a distraction. I'm creating a character. Yeah. And in a way, so... what? Yeah. Mm, so, no. you, so you're so you still that weird kid. I'm still that weird, shy kid that shut yeah. down for three months when I was in preschool. Yes. Yeah. But interestingly, can I just say that I think um, I love that you're a weird kid because most people nowadays with social media and the way the world is going are becoming commodities. They're mm. all becoming exactly the same. Like, watch. <laughs> I mean, we keep getting fed shows like The Bachelor. Like, I don't even watch this show, but you don't even have to watch it. But everyone looks the same. Everyone acts the same. Mm. So weirdness to me is uniqueness, and we need bloody more of that. We need people who are, who are different, who are comfortable with who they are. What you've had is such a challenging upbringing, but... Surely it builds resilience. Mm, and the, it does. And the interesting thing is for millennials is I think when they ha- get into real strife is because they've never had the opportunity to build resilience. Yeah. So sometimes, I, like, it's not till I got older that I thought that I was lucky that I grew up poor. Because my mum, yeah. same, my mum was on a pension. Yeah. She was a single mother and had three girls and bought us, we lived in a council house. Yeah. And brought us up, you know, like that. And it's funny. I want to go back to that because when you have no money, mm-hmm. but you're a fabulous queen, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, my nickname's Princess as well. Yeah. <laughs> but um, if you're a fabulous queen, yeah. how on earth, like it's, you know, how do you survive in gay Sydney? Yeah. When you've come from that background with no money because there's a lot of money. Mm, um, There's a lot of people with a lot of money um, and their life is very different and much easier. And uh, like, I'll give you an example because I think both my husband and I grew up very poor mm -hmm. and we both ended up in sort of good roles and, you know, good, you know, we look almost look like a power couple because we're in senior roles and earning good money and living in nice areas and traveling. But we always felt like fakes in a way, <laughs> not, yeah. not fakes, but it was always like we were still never where anyone else was because of the advantages yeah. they had to start with. Yeah. Tell me how that works for you. Um, I, I, mean, I like the fact that I've come from no money because I'm so much further ahead than some of my friends. And I like I've stayed um, with my <laughs> so that's the thing I don't care about money yeah I just yeah, think yeah. money is just like water it falls through my fingers I have a happy <laughs> I have heaps of it I don't have a lot yeah. I'm running on $20 for the next week or I have like $6,000 out of nowhere which I have no idea how I got but um, <laughs> well we all know where I got, came from um, but <laughs> like with so for example I stayed with my friend and um, mm-hmm. two of my really good friends their families are quite wealthy, but right. they've gone through their hardships and they've, yeah, they've yeah. worked hard. Yeah. Um, one actually lives on the Cresha Ave around near the wharf on the other side of um, Longueville. Oh, right, right, nice. And um, when I was waiting for my house to be ready to move into, 
she was like, you can come stay at my house. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And so I, I drive down. I was like driving along and I'm like, oh, okay. So like where, like which one is your house? I'm like, oh, she's like, yeah, just like past the first gate. And I'm like, the first gate? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's one down there. Like, and it was like, okay. And I was like, and there's another one. And she's like, yeah, there's three. And I'm like, righty go. So then I'd get to this huge, I got to this huge house wow. with a huge pool, everything. <laughs> and it was like, I was living like the childhood that I kind of wish I had, but yeah. I didn't have. Yeah. And she's just there. She's completely oblivious to the fact that she's like that so wealthy. well off. And yeah. like, she's definitely, her parents are lovely. The most amazing people I've ever met. Mm. So generous, mm. that kind of stuff, which I feel like karma has given them this amazing life because they have been so generous in it. Yeah, yeah. And like this other girl that I'm friends with lives in Dover Heights and she's a Dover Heights princess and she like never <laughs> leaves the eastern suburbs. She lives in this huge like, two million dollar house yeah but they're all so down-to-earth people which yeah. is why i'm friends with them because mm. they all like they all work mm. for their own money in a way but none of them pay for it if that makes sense yes like, none of them pay like i like everything I've never I had have, to yeah, yeah everything i have my car where i live what yeah. i do what i've worked for yeah. what i've studied that i've done on my terms and my money and, I know and that all by yourself mm. and that actually builds a lot of self-esteem i think yeah. When you do it yourself. I mean, uh, like, like you, I think what I realized wasn't until I got older, older than you are now, I think that I realized growing up poor was an advantage, weirdly. Because I, yeah. I didn't see it as an advantage when I was growing up poor. Um, but then I realized it was. And it's, it's that feeling that I've only got $20, I can survive. Yeah. But somebody who's never, oh. you know, had less, they would be devastated they would not know how to survive but also i started to realize that just because somebody has money doesn't mean they have what they need to feel good in life if you know what i mean it doesn't bring that it doesn't bring a self a a sense of um self-esteem or self-awareness or happiness or all the rest of that like you know that they have to deal with all sorts of things just like everybody else it's mm. not like, oh, you've got money, then life's easy, you're laughing. Yeah. They've still, you know, it took me a long time to realize that they still have their own challenges and their own issues and still have to work out who they are in amongst all that. Mm. Their expectations of them are a lot higher. They start higher because they start higher. Yeah. But, you know, your parents' expectations of you, my parents' expectations of me weren't that high. Oh, no, absolutely <laughs> not. My mum would be happy if I was still living, like, in Bathurst, <laughs> just, like, tendering to the vegetables in the garden yeah. and working at Big W or something. Like, she'd yeah. be completely happy, which I'm happy for. Yeah. Because she's kind of... She hasn't really set the bar high. She, yeah. which has made me be like, actually, you know what? I'm going to show them that I can. I can but this do is what this is why you're proud. You're carrying yeah. pride, right? I can see it when you're talking. You're carrying pride in what you've achieved, and I think for a lot of wealthier people, they don't get that pride because they haven't built it themselves yet. Yeah. It's harder for them. Because if they want to start a business, someone gives them money. If they want to buy something yeah. or buy a house or something, someone gives them money. So it, it doesn't come with the same pride as when you had to do it yourself. And so in a way, they get a little bit robbed of that. You mm. know, we, we're generalizing here and it's only, you know, certain types of people that it happens to. Yeah. But I think being able to make it on your own... And some people do that anyhow. I know wealthy people that are like, yeah, the money's there, but 
you know, I'm making it on my own over yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. But they have a net. We yeah. don't have a net. Yeah. And when you don't have a net, it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you just have to. You you're always the one that has to get up and keep doing it. No yeah. matter what happens to you, you have to get up and keep going. Which is good and bad. Yeah. So you don't fall into the easy pattern of just taking money from yeah. your parents. Yeah. Which to... they which they both do, but they I mean pay it back sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, but it's to the point where um like I would never I would never ask my mum for money. I would just because I know that it would just cause yeah. them too much stress to ask yeah. them for anything. So I source it from other ways. Like yeah. say. Yeah. I work a full-time job now, mm. and I wanted to go to Europe. I want to go to Europe in a month, so I've gotten, a, I've had a second job for ages. Yeah. So, I mean, regardless of the fact that I'm exhausted half the time, and I have one day off a week because yeah. I work 60 hours, it's my money that yes. I earn myself, and I'm doing it myself, and I'm not asking someone for a handout. And you know what it takes to get where you, where you need to go. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I don't think it's... um. We all land where we land, yeah. you know, and we've got to we've got to do the best of what we what we've been given. Yeah, and it's not like I don't like it when people look down on wealthy people as well as if they're spoiled brats and they've had everything they want, yeah. you know. Um, and we because uh, I don't think you never know anyone's life until you've lived it. You never, you know, and that yeah. doesn't doesn't mean anything. But I think. Um, it's good to be able to see the advantages that things have given you in life. Like, yeah. you know, I've got, I've got some friends who, 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 if they're wealthy, they'll sort of defend it or almost go, oh, no, no, but I haven't got this or no, 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 or they didn't, you know, they sort of won't admit it. And then I've got other friends that are like, oh, yeah, I was really, I've been really lucky. Yeah. And I think that it's better if they're like that because yeah. then they... Because I think I've been lucky in some things, and we can realise where where we're lucky and where we yeah. can say it and appreciate it. It doesn't make you less. It's, you don't have to. You don't have to get into this competition. Well, I had it harder. Yeah. I had it harder. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Well, if I just think that everyone has their own hardships. Yeah. Like, and mine are just different to theirs. Not necessarily meaning they're not as hard to get by. Yeah. But I mean, their solutions are just different. To yeah. what mine necessarily would be, which I'm fine with because I've accepted the fact that I can do it all myself. And if you really put your mind to it, you can absolutely do anything you want to do. Exactly. And so you just keep working and then you, you can do the things that you want to do. Mm. Do you ever feel like you can't reach what they're reaching? No, absolutely not. I definitely know I can do whatever I want to do. There's times where I have to have like a moment of like a crash in a sense where I need to wallow in self-pity for, like, five minutes, but I always kind of put an expiration date on that kind of stuff. Do you? So it would be like, all right, I'm allowed to be sad for, like, seven hours. And then, like, I'll wallow in self-pity for seven hours, and once that seven hours up, I'm like, all right, time to go. Let's do it again. Like, get on our grind, get and to work. And you do that? You've taught yourself that? Yeah, well, because I went through a really long period of time where I was sad for a lengthy period of time, and I just refused. It was almost to the point where... I was blaming the world for all my problems and not taking any responsibility. Talk me through that because I'm hoping with this podcast that we're helping people. That people listen to it and they hear something that resonates with them and, you know, and we all need help getting out of those spots sometimes. So talk me through that. Oh, it was just, there was a lot of things and they all, I find that when it rains, it pours. 
yes. a lot of the time and it mm. was just one thing after the other and obviously it was just the straw that broke the camel's back and I just thought the answer to it was be sad and that was that was just what people do it was just like you just get to this point of sad and you're never going to get happy ever again it wasn't that I was depressed I was just um, I guess to the point of just an extended period of yeah really low emotions and yeah. it was just nothing everything I tried to do there was no solution to it and um, it was a period of three months and it was earlier this year during the retrograde god damn, damn retrograde. yes yeah. fuck that retrograde <laughs> um, and Mercury retrograde yeah it was just like oh, uh, it, it, the whole premise of that retrograde was lessons will be taught until they learn yeah, whatever. Oh, Is it like, over yet? Yeah, well, I'm they still keep going in and out of it. So, <laughs> so I went through that little moment and I just was like, my sister came over and I was like, I don't know what there is to do to feel better about anything. And she's like, well, no one feels better than anyone else. So either you just get up and do it again and hope for the best or you just do this forever and what would you rather sit there and blame the world about your problems or would you get up and change the world? You know what wow. I'm saying? So then I got up the next day and I was like, all right, that's it. That's me done and dusted. Went out, got a second job, did this, worked my ass off. Yeah. I never had a passport my entire life. I've never been anywhere. I went to New Zealand when I was little, so I had yeah, a child's yeah. passport. And it was just like such a big thing. So I was like, I'm just going to set myself personal goals. Yes. And by this day, I'm going to have a passport so I can go off and because my, my sister's used to be a flight attendant, so she was off. Flying around the world yeah. for two years. Yeah. And then she'd go on this spontaneous trip to Bali or something. And then she'd be like, Come on, do you want to come? And I'm like, I can't. I don't have a passport. I can't. Like, you have to wait like yeah. two weeks to get one. So that was like a mini goal for me. Or I'd be like, All right, well, I'm going to, my car like, that I bought, um, I'll pay that forward two grand and then I don't have to pay it for another six months. And mm. then, so like, I'd set those things and I'm like, Whatever I save on that, then I can just put it into my savings account and use for something that I want to do. I booked this trip to Europe. Yeah. I decided that it's not necessarily bad to ask for help. Yeah. It's just you have to be mature enough to know that you need it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you should ask for help. I mean, it's hard. It's hard, but, you know, you've got to be able to do that. And I, I'm a big believer in, you know, that what goes around comes around. And if the more you give, the more will come back to you. Yeah. And sometimes you need help. Sometimes, you know, everybody does in, in some form or another. Yeah. You know, so it's good to ask for it. But I think, I think you hit a key there, like setting yourself little smaller goals. Yeah. I think sometimes we get trapped because we've got these big goals and we can't see how we can meet them at all. Yeah. But if you take those smaller steps and little goals and then you each time you hit one, you you're building yeah. that pride again, you're starting to like yourself again. Yeah. You're starting to feel proud of yourself and starting to give yourself hope. Yeah. Cuz hope is the key. It's seeing that, you know, yeah. sometimes we get slammed so much bad things hit us and like you said everything we try doesn't work and then yeah. we lose hope well when you lost hope it's not good but i just you just <laughs> need to flip around the negatives and not really what i found i was doing was kind of being like oh well i haven't done this or i'd see someone and i was like well they're off they're having fun in another country while i'm here like struggling to pay my rent and i'm like living day by day paycheck to paycheck and it was like well rather than complaining about it 
why don't you think about what you have done, John? Like, you've moved out of Sydney, which is more than anyone can ever say. You're paying your own way. You've bought all these things for yourself. You're surviving, which is more than some people are. Yes, you're in mountains of debt, but you're not letting it sit there. Like, you're trying to pay it off. So, you've why... got You've got really strong inner dialogue. Yeah, absolutely. I talk to myself more than I talk to other people. And I, talk to <laughs> other, I talk to other people a lot. So, it's... But it's good that you've got... And in a dialogue, the fights, right? Because oh, yeah. we've all got this negative voice in our head, yeah. which is, I can't say the word that I call mine, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, people might judge me, but we've yeah. all got this negative voice and mm. I sort of like to put it in its room, get in your room, lock the door. Now the, the rest of me can come out because yeah. otherwise it blocks who you really are when yeah. that negative voice takes over and that negative voice they just, it never adds value. It never yeah. adds value. So the fact that you've got this strong inner dialogue that can go piss yeah. off, and this is where I'm going. Oh, don't worry. I've got outer dialogues too. There's lots of people in my life. Yeah. I. They mm. say I was, uh, I met a therapist once or psychologist who said there's like five. I, I should find out exactly what that one is and come back to it. But it's something like, because I'm hopeless at remembering things mm. exactly as they are. I'm much more about the feeling. But the way I see it is it's something like there's an adult and the adult's in your head and that's sort of who runs your day-to-day life, right? The adult in your head. And let's say on the left side, you've got the critical person who's always been an asshole to you, picking yeah. at anything. And then you've got the person underneath who's the should. I should have done this, I should have done that, and I shouldn't have said this, I should, should, should. And that's all around what we've been brought up and how society tells us we should be living, yeah. right? So when those two are in their prime and in the playground with the adult, we're a nightmare. That's when we're in a dark yeah. place because we're all trying to should have and everything's falling apart. On the other side, there's two other people in your head. And yeah. one is like the intuitive person. And that's the person who sort of naturally can see the truth, but sort of who you, who you really are as a person um, and can, can see things, can, can do what you did by saying, actually, I've got this and I've put myself here and I can see what's really going on. Yeah. And then also you've got the, and the fifth person is the inner child. Hmm. And the inner child for me is, I don't know, like it wasn't explained to me like this, so I feel like I'm really doing a disservice explaining it like this. <laughs> yeah. But the inner child for me is sort of, when you have those moments, I always think of this inner child as when I'm, it's a beautiful day like today, like it's sunny and I'm in a pool and I'm just swimming and the sun's on me yeah. or I'm dancing because I love to dance. If I'm just dancing, Yeah. that's the inner child, that's like... <laughs> Yeah. I'm doing dancing here, by the way, or not. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's, and so if you shut those two assholes up, mm. you let the inner child and the natural you come out, that's when you're good. Yeah. So I sort of visualize that in my head and close the door on those two. These two can't come out unless you shut those two up. Mm. So shut those two up. Just tell me when you need to retreat as well. I know, like, mm. um, we were talking about, like, conserving energy and yes. where you go to get it and i love being by myself but i also love being near the water and i think that's probably because i grew up in the coast of ages and i love going to and the beach by myself. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and i um i will like always love 
that's my inner child is going to my favorite little secluded secret beach that I go to and sitting on there and not, yeah. not saying anything because you, you don't have to worry about the negative voice when it's quiet you need to worry about it when there's yeah. lots of noise around I feel like that's when it's the noisiest so when I do go and I retreat and I kind of sit by myself and I try to like think positive thoughts get the sun obviously which is absolutely needed for me because I've realized over the winter like I get like seasonal depression <laughs> <laughs> so I need to have that little moment to myself and drinking wine and watching Finding Nemo. I think um, <laughs> it's interesting what you just said um, about when your negative voice is speaking because we were talking about before about being introvert and extrovert yeah I know it's a good thing to discuss in a way so for me as an extrovert i have to be around people so when i'm around people my negative voice is is not there yeah that's it's the opposite for me when i'm by myself my negative voice is there mm. but for you as an introvert that's really interesting so when you're still and by yourself yeah. it's not there as much it's more when you're around people yeah wow that's really interesting like i'm not a, i'm not a clubber i don't like no. i don't like going out to crowded bars my like ideal yeah. is eating cheese and drinking wine yeah. and listening to like jazz music and having mm. a cigarette nice. and yeah. sitting in the backyard, sitting in the sun by myself, not have to talk to anyone. Because I work in retail, <laughs> I work in a bar, I talk to enough people. They, that takes so, all your energy. Yeah, yeah, so when I do and when I can, I'll just, you know, be secluded and not have so much white noise around me. But the good thing is that you know yourself because the thing is... Being an introvert mean, just means you get your energy from yourself. Yeah. You need to be secluded, and that's where you top top up your energy. Being an extrovert, yeah. you get your energy from people. So I get my, I'll do something like this and get my energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where it might exhaust you. No, 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 it's fine. This is fine. <laughs> one on one, I'm fine. It's in large uh, groups. That's where it's exhausting. Yeah. When I, yeah. where, because I know, being a Pisces, I need to. Be, so, be something for anyone and right now like we're like I'm discovering what you need me to be in a situation not necessarily it's like what you need a, that is yeah. actually myself yeah and you want me to be yeah so I am like yeah. trying to be that person for it was might be completely different for Daniel for Daniel I'm like the listener I'm the shut up person that like right so you adapt yeah and yeah. I if I if he needs to vent about his life I will sit there at drinking my wine and listen to him talk for three hours if it will make him happy because I'm a pleaser I like yeah. all my good friends I like to give them what they need and um you'll grow out of that really yeah you will oh wow well. <laughs> <laughs> you will because well I think I think there's nothing wrong with that I think like the world needs like the funny thing is, at the moment, we were talking about this earlier as well. At the moment, it seems to be that, you know, everyone wants to be these confident people that are running around like superstars, like celebrities, like whoever, and going, beating their chest. I'm King Kong. Here I am. I'm the best. I'm really good at this, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I'm really good. I'm really strong. Duh. You all need to be like me, okay. right? That's, that's the vibe that's out there. We've got fucking world leaders talking like that shit yeah let alone celebrities and all the rest of that um but actually the world needs more people who are have empathy who have empathy and can sit there and listen to other people and are interested in other people and want to help them Mm. that's generosity that's generosity of your soul to Mm -hmm. do that with people so you know because we've all sort of been told that oh if you're you're a people pleaser that's a bad thing fuck that's not a bad thing sometimes it's not like we we need people that care enough 
that, that, you know, are generous enough, like I was saying, to be able to do that. Mm. This just occurred to me because I'm a people pleaser and I, my whole life I've been, oh, no, you're not allowed to be a people pleaser. You've got to be a cunt there. You've got to... You just got to look after yourself, apparently, you yeah. know, and it's, yeah. And if you're not just looking after yourself, there's something wrong with you. Mm. Rubbish. This is why we are where we are. We need more, mm. more people that are willing to go, you know, we're all in this together. Let's, let's yeah. help each other. Well, that's what I like about spending time individually with people because I get to know about their life and what and how people think and what makes them, you know, tick and whatnot. So mm. it's funny because I know we've been in any long-term relationships, but all my family members are so heavily involved. I have been in relationships since day dot. Yeah. And everyone always comes to me for relationship advice. And I don't know why. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I haven't been in a single relationship. I've just seen how relationships work and unfold. Yeah. And it's like when, when the most intense relationships are happening, I'm just there in the corner, just like seeing and I'm trying to understand more. Because you're an observer and you're yeah. interested in life, so yeah. you're learning and therefore you can pass that on. Yeah, which has worked in other people's favorites because they actually give some really good advice yeah. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you also, I think some people have a natural insight, you know, and then they can see through in a way, you know mm. what I mean? You can see through in a little bit deeper. And yeah. then, but also that you're you're brave enough to share what you think, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. When it's one-on-one, yeah, definitely. But I'll tell her how it is, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But with, um, when I met you, and we, we talked about this in Daniel's podcast, yeah. um, what I saw was, you know, like straight up, it's quite funny, like maybe I picked up your energy straight away, but I, to me, you were just like going to be a nice guy, fun guy I could talk to. And yeah. I, I could tell straight away by your energy that that you're a good person, I think, is what, yeah, I think it's important. you know, but you're also, and I joked about it on Daniel's, you also talked about what I was wearing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm really going to hassle you because, you know, you grew up like me, no money. And yeah. then you say to me, who are you wearing? Oh, I, I, I think <laughs> comedy, comedy, comedy <laughs> is kind of my opening line with people yeah. sometimes. And I feel like yeah. humor is the easiest way to kind of exactly. get people to open up. And I feel like I knew you. And it was, I, like, I felt your energy and I knew you were quite like a positive person. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm just going to make a joke. Like, yeah. and, and I did and I did love what you were wearing. And I was talking about the blue, yeah. blue bag. I know. It? And I was like, oh, yeah. I really nice. actually like that blue bag. The that's because it's a moo moo. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's nice. But I do like, um, like I like vintage fashion. Like I, I'm not yeah. like a high-end person, but I like when people incorporate it into their own lives. And that bag suited you because I was just like, <laughs> yeah, she's done it. She's wearing yeah. the, the um, eyeshadow. She's got the new out. She knows what she's doing. So then I made the joke. And I was the, kicking myself later because I should have gone with the joke. And you know, oh no, but the but I was embarrassed in a way because the top I had on this black lace top was a city chic, right? Yeah, that's for chubby chicks, yeah. right? And it's not high end, right? Yeah, designers don't. They, I think designers think that um, chubby women don't have money. We do. I'm carrying a Moo handbag. Make me some fucking clothes, please. Yeah, <laughs> but she apparently we're not. You know, we're not yeah. allowed to wear designer clothes. Yeah, but. So let's, 
talk about fashion. So tell me what you're wearing today. I'm going to, ah. I'm going to say it to you. Um, show, show you, describe your outfit, um, please. Well, I'm wearing this top that I got for nothing. Um, I took in, I walked into this place called Swap. It's one of my favorite vintage stores in Edmonton. Oh. Have you been to it? No. Oh, you should go. You can take like yeah. any clothes that you have and they'll, they'll take whatever they can. I mean, they're freaking rip you off though. But I walked in and I saw this top and I was wearing a top that I wasn't really liking that much. And I'm all, it was because I was rushed and I don't like being so rushed you can in the just, morning. So you swap the clothes. Yeah, and I was oh like, I was like, oh, can I swap? Can I swap this top for this top? And they were like, well, you can't do a straight swap. And I was like, Fine, I'll just leave it. Anyway, they ended up keeping and giving it to me. No, <laughs> no. But it was just a, a top that I bought for one dollar at Vinnie's. Yeah. And they, they, this top cost forty five dollars that they were trying to charge for, and I managed yeah. to swap it out. So yeah. I'm all about like that kind of thing, and you mm-hmm. know, I'm quite lucky when it comes to that. Yeah. Then these pants I got for five dollars at Glebe Markets, oh. but they're Jack and Jack ones. Yeah. And then, but you're still not really describing it. Describing it? Um, oh, okay. You want, um, boho, but, um, boho Versace. Yeah, yeah. Versace, um, summertime, Miami. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of, that kind <laughs> of vibe. I'm just missing, my glasses completes the whole outfit. So you got your Venus yeah. Scorpio on there in the corner. Yeah, exactly. yeah. and yeah. your sunglasses. So you're yeah. like, you're going to have one that shows your eyebrows, I think. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. You're gonna... That just makes it look a little bit more modern. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about fashion then. Okay. For our final subject. Well, let's bring it back to growing up disadvantaged. Yeah. Where, where do we, what do we say about being disadvantaged? Was it money? Is it family? Is it support? For me, I just never had the pretty things. I never had the nice clothes. I never, I never was the kid that everyone was like, "Oh, I like what you're wearing," because yeah. I didn't like what I was wearing. Yeah. And my mom loved her to death. She was a budget girl. She did the best that she could, mm. which I respect her for, and I think she did an amazing job in the meantime. We sh- shop in Target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Taylor shoes, a big W, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Kmart. I survived off Kmart basics for the better part of my entire childhood. Mm-hmm. And moving out of Sydney and getting a job meant I had money, so I could go out and buy whatever I wanted. Not necessarily. Now I feel like I'm pretty good at knowing what something's worth and knowing where is the right place to spend my money and where I'm going to get the best bang for my dollar because mm-hmm. I'm not like a millionaire. So yeah, um, and I also chronic <laughs> like going out and drinking at the same time. So I need to kind of allocate money for that and spending time with my friends and going out to dinners and mm. look, I'm a, I'm a champagne girl. I really am. So <laughs> I feel like she's kind of set me up for um, a life of living sort of above my means in a way <laughs> which is you know not but a bad not? thing in some ways but definitely is not good sometimes i'm a little bit of a shopaholic so it's like <laughs> <laughs> i like i just like finding a good bargain and where do you shop uh vinnie's yeah vinnie's vintage stores I, I think that you can buy really cheap stuff. I like going to the markets because people selling that stuff are easier to push over than people selling it in a store. So you're a good negotiator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Usually I start with a compliment or like, what are you wearing? I love it. <laughs> um, How rude. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, um, yeah, they usually, 
they're usually a cave. Sometimes, I, I remember one time we went to Glebe Markets and like, it was like, how much for this? And she was like, 20 bucks. And I was like, 20 bucks? And she was like, how much do you want to spend? And I was like, I was like, I'll give you five bucks. And she was like, yeah, all right. Okay, on. deal. Because yeah, half of the time they just want to get rid of their stuff so they can go home. Yeah. Because it's Saturday. So like, it's all in the way you approach. Yeah. The other day I walked into Sephora with my sister and... This girl came up to me, you know, one of the um, shop assistants, and she said, oh, I love your makeup. What's your mascara? And, you know, I love your lipstick. It's, yeah. you know, and I, I was thinking, oh, that's very nice. You know, like it's the Dior mascara, this one. The... Yeah. <laughs> and then I think, and I knew straight away, you know, you sort of know yeah. when they're like, oh, this is a line. Because I was telling my sister, my sister's, you know, she's, she's let's say, a little bit more pragmatic than me. Mm. So I'm like, oh, she just said that my makeup was fantastic. And she just looked at me and went, oh, like, oh you know, like, yeah. oh, really? I said, yeah, okay. Obviously, she's trying to build me up to then sell me something. <laughs> yeah. Well, so the way I say it, like, I come off quite crass like that in a way sometimes when I'm, because I work in the yeah. town, you just, you like, you say the same lines over and over again. And I just get kind of sick of it when I first started. So I yeah. just kind of like, I don't really try to sell to people. I just try, try, yeah. to, help, I try to help people. Yeah, and well, I, think I think people don't want to be sold to anymore. Anyhow, we've we've been sold to every second yeah. of our life. Yeah, they're in a store. They're they're yeah. there. They want to have a chat. Yeah, like, they don't want to. Well, I mean, some of them just want to be left alone, which you can pretty much figure out as yeah. soon as you meet them. But for the most part, I spent most of my better part of um, employment with Blue Store, just literally standing around and having chats to people. And yeah. Kind of, I'm all about finding your. I'm not going to try to sell you something that doesn't look good because mm. that goes against everything that I believe in. Mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you find something that's gonna suit you mm. and make you feel good about yourself. And then they'll come back. Yeah, exactly. And then they'll, then they'll trust you forever. Yeah, exactly. And for like, I don't, I don't, I, which is why I never work in retail. I can't lie. <laughs> to save my life, I can't tell someone that something looks nice, or if I, it, okay. Sometimes I have to, especially when my boss is around. <laughs> but if if I really don't like something, if if anyone ever says something's cute, no, mm. don't don't buy it. It doesn't look good. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm like like I I'll straight out tell you if something looks amazing. I'll be like yes, like that looks really really but good. But people would like, rather buy off someone like you. Yeah, of course, I, mean, and I think real. also if I had retail shop, I'd absolutely hire you because I I think. Sales is down to building relationships. Yeah. Like you said, if you've got to be able to talk to people and they've got to feel comfortable and, yeah. you know, that you're actually interested in them, then they'll listen to you. Yeah. If you're not, you know, because that girl who asked me what mascara I was wearing, she asked me twice. Oh, really? Because she wasn't actually really listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I picked which you up. Tell, yeah. <laughs> you know, which it's I picked up. It's and you being able to read people quite <laughs> Yeah, yeah but you'd be surprised how many people um don't pick up on that kind of stuff. No, there'll there'll be people that just walk into a store, especially in the east side, because that's where I worked. Yeah, and they just want to be told that they're the most amazing people in the whole yeah. world, and they'll buy the whole oh, store. Look, and to be honest, sometimes you do just need a compliment, and you'll take it wherever you can get it, right? Yeah, yeah of course, definitely. <laughs> I need a cheeky compliment yeah. every now and then. Oh my god, I'm not that confident. Let's start a revolution. People should do more compliments. 
You know? Well, yeah. And that's the funny thing every time I say a compliment because I'm quite like the funny jokester all the time. Yeah. People don't take me seriously enough. And I'm like, mm. what do you mean? If I didn't like something, I would literally tell you to your face that I don't I like think it. they do. Sometimes people can't take a compliment. Or they think they're just, you're lying to them about something. Yeah, or they're just, um, it's their own insecurities. Mm. I used to be like that more than I am now. Because I used to um, organize events. Yeah. And I, I just remember this clear as day. One, one day I organized this big event, Innovation Awards or something. And I had all these people towards the end of it, and I'd run around, you know, organizing yeah. everyone like I do. And at the end of it, I had all these people going, this is fantastic, Michelle, you did such a great job. And I, instead of going, thank you, I was saying, oh, well, I've, I've done about 100 events in my life. Of course I should be able to do it. Like, I was almost rude. <laughs> they, were, they were just trying to give you a compliment. Yeah. But I was almost rude because I couldn't take the compliment. Because yeah. I'm that hard on myself. I don't... It's like you don't feel like you deserve it. Mm. So you sort of throw it back to them in a way. I guess it's just feeling the waters when you think someone's being genuine at the same time. Yeah. Like when it comes to, um, there's some, okay, I had a night out the other week and I walked out and I cannot stand when there's a straight man that would not speak to me during the day or if he wasn't drunk and he's just there and he's like, yes, queen, like I love the shoes, I love this. And you're just like... You wouldn't say this to me if you were sober. So, like, why are you even bothering? And I, I, I've gotten to yeah. a point where I can really suss someone out when they're trying to be like... Yeah. Anyway, so the, I walked out these stairs and this guy was like, yes, look at those shoes. And I'm like, thank you. And then he was like, can I have a cigarette? And I was like, dude, you should have just left it at the shoes thing and then started talking to me like a human being. Like, I'm not just a gay man. Like, I'm me and myself. Like, if you got to know me and you were like, hey, just, like, letting you know I really like your shoes. Don't try to be... Don't try to be a supporter of the gay community now when day dot, <laughs> day dot nine to five, you do not care about it because you... Like, there's certain people that are allowed to say it and I empower those people. Like, my really good friends that are really gay mm. advocates, LGBTQ people. Mm. They have... They have... Stri- like, normal heterosexuals have every other phrase that they can possibly say yeah just treat me like a human being and not a gimmick yes yeah i know what you mean so this they're saying um they're using (coughs) the gay language if you like yeah when it's like that's not who you are well you just want them to be who they are as well yeah treat you for who you are but don't don't put it on yeah pretty much yeah yeah i'm taking i'm taking my phrases back everyone by the way Um, but yes, no, I just think you really need to suss out whether people are going to be genuine about what they're telling you and stuff, which I think is hard in Sydney because there's so many fakes in the, in the city. Every time I've been out, there's like people that will tell you exactly what you want to hear to get what you want. And I've given it to them. And then the next day they pretend they don't know me. (laughs) That's just men. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. She knows me too well. (laughs) Can I just say that's just men? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, this has been really interesting. I think um, uh, amazing talk. I think we could we could definitely talk a lot longer, and it makes me want to sort of go and live for a week in your yeah. shoes. I feel I like mean, if you're a size forty-one, you can do yeah, it. Yeah, there <laughs> might be, but like you know, I could rock the high heels. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you've got an amazing life. I love your attitude. I oh, love, okay. and I think I think you. We can help a lot of people. Yeah. I think a lot of help. You don't have to, you don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have to have the, the best job on the planet. You don't have to have all these things. 
What you have to have is the right attitude and you have to have the belief that you can do it. Yeah. And that you can go in and bargain and swap a shirt for a start. I'm going to that shop. Yeah, it's called SWOP. It's the best place in the world. But the they problem for me off. is I won't I won't go out of the house in something that I don't want to wear. That that, that I would want yeah. to get rid of. So that would be tricky, but you know, I'll I'll find something. Yeah, but <laughs> but um but just that you can I think there's some really good key messages and I don't normally do this in the end of it, but I want to bring out those key messages. I like the fact that, that I, I do think you have to come to a time sometimes where you just say to yourself, enough, enough, that's, there's enough. And in Italian, it's basta, which I think works really strongly as well. Basta, enough. Yeah. It's, it's fucking enough. I'm not going to dwell in the misery anymore. I'm going to get up. And I'm going to give myself these goals and gave you gave yourself realistic goals. It's, you know, yeah. it's and, and turn your life back to where you wanted it to go. And you've got control of your yeah. life. And, you know, we're all got we have our good days and we have our bad days. Yeah. But you got you're the one that's got to fight for yourself. Okay. You got to fight for yourself harder than you fight for anyone. Then you can help other people. Yeah. Or inspire other people. Yeah. To help themselves. And inspire other people. And. Yeah. And clothes are important. You know? Oh, yeah. Clothes are definitely important. You know what I mean? Like it's, and they say, you know, sometimes it's just like, for me, it'd be like, just go and put on some red lipstick. If okay. I'm not feeling good, I'm going to put on some red lipstick and just put on something that you like and feel good about yourself and walk out that door and, and just go, right, today's another day. Yeah. And today we're going to go out and have fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way to do it. It's funny how, like, because I was listening to Daniel's podcast how different our conversations ended up being. Yeah. Like, at his, what we were saying about, like, the way I grew up and the way he grew up, his family's obviously has, like, different values. Yeah. Amazing. He's an amazing person. Yeah. He's, like, done all these things. But his, his goals were, like, one of them was he wants to buy a house. Yeah. And, like, that kind of stuff. And it's interesting how um, he didn't, he didn't really know how to do it other than the fact that, he just, like, he needs to be the best at everything. Yes. And that was the thing. And now I'm like, because I've grown up and I'm like, my parents haven't been like, you need to be the best. You need to do this. No. You need to do that. I'm like at a point where I'm like, I'm just going to do the best that I can do. Yeah. And hope I do the best. And in a way, there's a freedom in that, right? Because we have a freedom because our parents couldn't see because of their lives, right? They didn't get many advantages. They didn't have any advantages. They didn't get to become wealthy or anything like that so that they're not scared that we're not going to because they survived right they're not scared and in a way they're like it's your life off you go bloody live it Mm. so we had that freedom to go and live our own life unfortunately with for some families that have a bit more worked hard to get it they've got it they want to hang on to it they put pressure on their families their children to to have stuff Mm. You know, because that's what they've got it. They've finally got it. You have it. And mm. they're scared for them not to have it. But in a way, that's controlling their life. Yeah. Then then it's great. It's yes, you've got the security. You've got the house potential. You've got this. But they don't have freedom. Mm. And for me, I take freedom any day of the week. Absolutely. But other people absolutely need the things. Oh, that's yeah. what I've learned in life, right? There's different personalities who can't survive if they don't have that. It's just who they are. Yeah. But for me, I always want the freedom, you know, to be able to go and do whatever I want. Yeah. 
and you know and that that means going to be able to earn the money you need to go and do what you want or what have you yeah money's important too you need to yeah. have, you need to have security and that kind of but stuff. you just have to like you said you just have to work hard you just have to get up yeah. and keep going and work hard yeah. we're, we're gonna we better stop otherwise we just keep talking forever <laughs> to keep talking forever thank right. you so much anytime we should revisit in the next few months absolutely yeah. absolutely <laughs> I'll def- in on my life and what other I definitely want to do season two is what I'm you know yeah what I'm thinking because Talking I want to go back mm. because I think it's really interesting and I want to then see where everyone is yeah well we'll do that all right peace out bye peace out <laughs> bye <laughs>